As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. High in the air, Brito back at the wall, adios, Pelota! That's the type of manager that I'd like to be, which is the same every day. They know what they're going to get. They're going to get energy. They're going to get accountability. They're going to get structure, and they're going to get support. And I'm going to bring those things to the dugout in the clubhouse regularly. It takes hard work, uh, and it takes humility, taking one step forward at a time, making one good baseball move after another. And I really feel like that's how we're going to get where we hope and intend to go. You're listening to Bags and Brisby on Athletic Podcast Network. Welcome to episode 244 of the Bags and Brisby podcast. Grant Brisby. I'm here with Andy Baggerly. Andy, uh, Evan Longoria hit 244 in the year 2018. The Giants will see Evan Longoria, I think, unless he's on the IL, uh, when they play the Diamondbacks. So this is timely. This is a timely Easter egg. 244, that uh, 24.4% would probably be uh, a heady a uh, heady projection for their playoff odds at this point, uh, which is kind of what happens to you when you lose three or four in Coors Field against that Rockies team. I actually had beat writers from other teams texting me during that series saying, "What? What's happening? What's happening?" And of course, I, we weren't in Denver. I will be in Arizona and in, in LA, but we weren't in Denver. Uh, I tend to watch the games uh, maybe a little bit uh, later, so that way I can zip through commercials and such uh, and pitching changes. Um, but so I was like, well, what's happened? Was there like collision? Like fans running on the field? Mass hysteria? Nope. It's just the Rockies winning. <laughs> it's like, explain this to me. How is this possibly happening? And I think the reason is that the Giants are just kind of a mediocre to bad offense, even in a place like Coors Field. Yeah. Wait, let's flip this around. Uh, let, uh, let me try this. Andy, the Giants are tied for the best record in baseball over their last one game. How are they staying so hot? <laughs> um, by scoring 11 runs so that when their closer melts down uh, and gives up like five, they can still win. Um, yeah, boy, even even the game they won was, was sort of like, uh, give me a, I think Gabe Kapler asked for a double shot of whiskey after the game. That, that tracks. Bruce Bochy would probably have, you know, half a, half a bottle of Woodford after a game like that. Yeah, no, that was so just I had to, it was a soccer dad weekend. So I drove out uh, by Modesto for a game. And so I left the car when it was nine to nothing Giants. And I said, OK, 
that's a game. That's uh, the game they needed. All righty. And then about halfway through that soccer game, I said, well, I should check to see what the final score. Oh, my God. I can't believe that it was that close. And so I went back and rewatched exactly what happened. Uh, I got to tell you, the non-field of the ball from Camilo Doval, the air, uh, that had to have driven people literally like there must be broken remotes broken tvs smashed radios all across the bay area because that felt like that little coors field twist where it's going to be uh you know in the ryan spillbores game uh people forget that adam eaton the pitcher adam eaton not the hitter adam eaton uh took a four pitch walk i think uh to get that rally going and it's those little things where you give the rockies an advantage they don't need that drive you nuts yeah, and, and I know that there's also been a lot of criticism of Duvall from Friday's game for not really doing a good job backing up the throw to the plate. I mean, he was, some people are saying, well, the umpire shoved him out of the way. I, I just, I don't, I mean, it hit the runner. It went in a different direction than the way the, the throw was going. Maybe if Duvall's backing that up by, you know, 25, 30 feet instead of five feet, you know, he's got a chance to corral it and keep the second run from scoring. So I, I get the criticism. I, I think overall, this is something that's been a challenge for the coaching staff is is not not as pitching, although sometimes they have to get on the right page with what pitch he's going to throw, but it's everything else. And um, this guy came through the minor leagues really quickly. He had a whole year where he should have been at the minor leagues and he was at the alternate site. So, I mean, but, but yeah, if he's your big league closer... You know, it's, uh, and this is not unique to him either. I remember covering the Angels way back when, when Troy Percival was their closer, and he just didn't care if runners stole bases on him. Yeah. He's like, I'm not going to shorten my stride. I'm not going to sacrifice anything to deliver the best pitch because that guy could be on third base and I'm just going to strike the next guy out anyway. So, um, you know, some people just have that mentality as a closer, but yeah, there are some some things in, his, in Camilo's game that you can take advantage of and, and exploit. And, and ways that, that maybe he's not on point. And, boy, it scares you to death to think when he's in an ultimate situation, when a season's on the line in a postseason series, that one of those things is going to happen. And, uh, um, you know, I, I think that's something the coaching staff has been petrified by all year. At the same time, he's still such a terrific talent uh, and, and, you know, obviously has gotten better and better uh, from a pitching standpoint. So Camilo Duvall's not the problem with this team at all. But you could see maybe in a big moment, uh, him sort of winking out uh, in, in one of those respects. And, and that, that happened in that game. And, and good thing they had another guy who has been a major league closer who could step in and, and go left on left and get Charlie Blackman out to end the game. Yeah, no, it, it's it's the double-edged sword where you've got Tranquilo Camilo, right? You've got, he's just cool as a cucumber and he's in there and he, he's got a low resting heart rate and he's cool when there's pressure on him and the bases are loaded and he doesn't give a, a, a rats and he's he's making the pitches, right? That's the good part of Tranquilo Camilo. Uh, but then there's the part where maybe he's a little too tranquil. You know, where he's maybe not uh, feeling the urgency he should be feeling. And it's almost like Draymond Green. I mean, to, to cross uh, my, my streams a little bit, where Draymond Green, you think, gosh, if he could only, you know, rein in that, that sort of wildness that he has, that, that uh, aggression that he has that sometimes gets him into trouble. But then if you do that, is he really Draymond Green? I don't think he is. I think you got to take the good with the bad. 
maybe that's with Tranquilo Camilo, but I don't know. I think there's also, to your point, some coaching that can happen and maybe some reminders and like a post-it note on, on your brain that says, uh, do this, back this up, uh, make sure you have the ball when it's a dribbler to end the game, that sort of stuff. So again, he's not the problem, but it is, it, it's fascinating, you know, to, to watch and to write about, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's there's all kinds of examples of, of guys in, in baseball history. Um, I mean, I, I think of, uh, you know, like a Will Myers, um, who is someone who has just, like, bedeviled almost every team he's been on because you think, this guy has such elite talent, but he just he doesn't seem, he seems to just lose focus uh, out mm. there. I mean, it happens to a lot of different players, or sometimes it can be an impediment to their careers. Sometimes they're so good, it doesn't matter, and you take the good with the bad. So... Um, yeah, I think if anything else, Camilo just uh, made sure a little more Michters was consumed in the clubhouse <laughs> post game. Um, that I think is one of their whiskeys of choice in the Giants clubhouse after a win. So they may need to go to Bevmo and restock themselves. Thank you very much. Um, but it's it's on to Arizona and uh, and 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 really th- this wild card race. I mean, it keeps moving in directions that are uh, unpredictable. I mean now. Uh, it, we're talking about four teams going for the last uh, spot, and now the Cubs have slid back to the point where it really now is five teams for two spots, uh, and the Cubs could be out if, if they don't turn it around because the Diamondbacks really took care of business. So, um, you know, wh- which of the teams would you say, if you're a Giants fan, are you most concerned about? Uh, I mean, obviously the team to be concerned about would be the Giants, uh, <laughs> um, but but. Of the other teams, which is the one that that you think is capable of going on uh, sort of a big run and, and putting this thing away? I will answer this question, but first I have to address the elephant in the room. Uh, Michter's, uh Jim Beam is a, an official sponsor of the San Francisco Giants. Are you telling me they're not drinking straight Jim Beam after the games? Because that's uh, probably a contractual obligation. I, I think that if, if you're drinking Jim Beam, it better damn well be in a Coke, and it better be like your sixth drink of the night. That's uh, not to be a snob, but... Yeah, yeah. No, to, to be a snob. I'll, I'll, I, take a, I'll take a straight Jim Beam over a straight Jack Daniels. Though. Jack Daniels I would tastes agree. like bananas to me. It tastes like caramel flavoring, yes. Um, also, I believe Evan Williams is the official bourbon of Major League Baseball, so mm-hmm. they're, they're, uh, they could have gone with, with two sponsored choices, but um, you know, they're also making millions. They're making millions of dollars. They can afford the good stuff. If you're going to drink straight bourbon that bounces, like when you drop the bottle, Evan Williams is actually a fine choice. Uh, all right. But to answer your question, to answer your question, uh, more most concerned about the Diamondbacks, of course, because the Giants have to face them. And uh, I think they're probably the best team. I think when you look at all of the teams, the Cubs have the best run differential. Okay, so maybe they're the best team of the, the wild card contenders, but... You have to look at what's in front of you. And so the Diamondbacks, to me, are the team that the Giants need to handle. They already didn't handle the Cubs when they had the chance. Uh, they had mixed results against the Reds and the Marlins. Uh, you know, they're all flawed teams. I'm about to start writing an article about their flaws. Because it's so easy to look at the Giants when you are hyper-focused on the Giants, as we are, as the fans are. You know the ways in which they stink, right? You're watching it for a couple hours every day. You have a list, a bull, an ordered list of how they stink. And, you know, you can point to the things that make you mad. You're not doing that with the Reds, but I guarantee you, 
They got things that make them stink too. That's why they're not leading the the NL Central. So these are all flawed teams in one way or another. Uh, I think the Phillies are pretty clearly just a tiny cut above uh, uh, the other teams. It's it's a big mess. And the fact that the Giants are contending still, a little embarrassing for Rob Manfred. I think he should feel a little bad. Yeah, yeah. By the way, um, so you're right. The Cubs have a, a plus run differential of 86. Uh, the Diamondbacks are even in the minus. So if I'm going based on that and I'm picking the best team still left, you know who I'm picking besides the Cubs? Hmm. I'm picking, because this is good for a laugh, the San Diego Padres, plus 77. But, oh, wait, there's seven games out. <laughs> what a weird a curse, season. Such a curse season. Such I happen, a curse season. I happen to know that Dennis Lynn and Ken Rosenthal have been working on a San Diego Padres story. And hmm. I think it's coming out maybe today. Um, I can't wait to read it. I can't yeah. wait. This is going to be. I mean, they're what zero and eleven in extra inning games. Yeah, it's it's crazy. It's cr- the Padres season has been one of the most bonkers seasons in Major League history, um, and you know they're sitting there four they're four games behind the Giants. Actually, they're not too far behind the Giants now. Uh, they've won four in a row. I mean, they probably have to run the table at this point. They mm-hmm. are starting a series with the Rockies, but. Uh, I mean, it would be hilarious if the Padres blitzed their way into the postseason just because everyone else was sort of just like standing still. Um, somebody's going to get hot. Someone is. And right. the only thing that I look at, um, you know, it is a big glut. It's very difficult to figure all this out. Just if you want to simplify it for yourself, just look at the loss column. That's all you need to look at because a team can win their next game, but you can't erase losses, right? Mm. So that's the simplest way to look at it. Arizona Cubs. Miami, always 72 losses. Uh, Arizona, 79 wins, obviously. Cubs and Miami have 78. The Reds have 73 losses. The Giants have 74. So that's the easiest way I look at it. And I just I just think of the Giants being, you know, uh, two games back because they have two more losses. So the other teams have to come back to them and lose at least two games. Um, and that's, that's the only thing that I look at. Um, and, and obviously, we know what the permutations are. We know the tiebreaker situations. If the Giants win just one game in Arizona, it can be Tuesday, it can be Wednesday, or they can win both just for the fun of it. Uh, they will own all the tiebreakers except for the one against the Cubs, which is crazily now back in play. Um, right. So, uh, yeah. And if they own all the tiebreakers against all the teams they're tied with in a three or four way tie, they would win, they would advance. So, um, the Giants just need to make sure they get on equal footing uh, or get better than the teams are trailing. And that's not an impossible ask, but they got to win at least one in Arizona. If they lose both in Arizona, I, I just I have a hard time seeing them, you know, going uh, winning. What, what, would it, what would it take? Uh, you know, six of seven remaining against the Dodgers or something hmm. like that. I, I just don't see that happening. So, you know, obviously the season's on the line starting uh, starting Tuesday. Were you a working baseball writer in 1998? I was. That was my second year with a BBWAA card. In fact, I covered the World Series that year. Oh, there you go. Now, th- what I, the reason I'm asking is because you you remember that wild card race, right? Yeah, the wasn't it like the wasn't it the the Mets and Reds? I think uh, it was um, the Giants, Mets, and Cubs. I believe. Oh, that's right. And the Cubs and Giants played the one game playoff at Wrigley yes. Field for the wild card. 
So right. the Giants looked like absolute ding-dongs for most of September. And then they inexplicably, starting on September 16th, they won 9 out of 10 to get back in that race. And not only did they win 9 of 10, but they got help from Brant Brown, if you remember, in the Cubs. Yes. The outfield, he dropped the fly ball that would have won the game, and it turned into a loss. And it just seemed like the Cubs were cursed again. And that's also the the game or the season where the final game of the season, all the Giants needed to do to win and get in was beat the Rockies at Coors Field. And they couldn't do it because Nafi Perez hit a home run. Uh, and then you had just a total meltdown uh, from there on out. Uh, I bring that up because you're right. Someone's going to get hot. Someone's going to get goofy. Someone's going to do one of these teams is going to thrive and, and just do all these uh, wild things. You just don't know who it is just yet. These are all flawed teams. But I don't think that there's going to be one team that, uh, or no teams that uh, that excel. There's going to be one of these teams is going to go bonkers. I just I don't know if it's the Giants because they sure have a lot of games against the Dodgers. So there's that. So I, uh, you you brought back a very traumatizing moment uh, <laughs> for me with the Brent, Brent Brown drop fly ball. It happened in I believe it was against the Brewers and and the the best part about that the the part that has sort of endured in Cubs fandom is Ron Santos radio call he just goes no no <laughs> <laughs> like he's like he's like he's slow motion reaction to dropping a plate of spaghetti or something i mean it's like it is hilarious google it if you in fact if you google brand brown i think google will autocomplete ron santo for you um, and you can listen to you know one of the greatest just 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 absolutely honest reactions by an announcer in maybe baseball history um, but yeah that was uh, <laughs> that was about as it's the 27th out it's an absolute can of corn and he clanked it and they lost the game um, but yeah, that was, uh, you know, what's funny is that, that Cubs team actually reminds me quite a bit of the Giants because mm. the Cubs had no pitching. They had no mm. pitching in 98, but they had Terry Mulholland who had just an absolute beautifully bending rainbow 12 to six curveball, And he just threw it past everybody. And they pitched him almost like a bulk innings guy, like the, like the mm. Giants use their, their starters now. Except he was a bulk innings guy that they kind of had to throw every day, <laughs> and he had and he was on fumes. And Steve Traxel pitched a great game for them, uh, took the shutout into the what the eighth or seventh, and and they won the uh, the wild card game against the Giants to to and that basically got them into uh, a best of five against a, a Braves team at the top of its talent. And yeah. they just they just walked into a buzzsaw. It's like Maddox and Smoltz and Glavin just went. Thanks for showing up, and that yep. was the season. Uh, and you knew it. You knew that they had nothing left to, for for the best team in baseball. Um, and that sort of makes me think about you know, does this Giants team, if, even if it makes the postseason, you know, could they potentially be uh, a foil for uh, the Braves in, in a, a five game series or seven game series? I, I don't I don't know. You look at how they played in Atlanta, and and really, even though they were not the better team, uh, they mm-hmm. they could have won that series. I mean, they very easily could have. Um, if they made a few uh, fewer mistakes, so I don't know. I mean, it, like you said, baseball's weird. Weird stuff happens when you get in. I, I don't think the Giants have nearly enough pitching to be able to survive multiple rounds of the postseason. But you know, I, I, I you gotta you gotta keep rooting for them, right? You gotta keep hoping that uh, the miracles happen because when they do happen, and they happen in sports. They're all the t- always the, not the percentage plays. They're not the you know we're so into you know what the percentages are, what the odds are, uh, as as you know everything's 
uh, sponsored by DraftKings and, and FanDuel these days. But I, I, that, those are the moments you, you live for as a sports fan is when the unexpected stuff happens. And so, well, if, if you're into unexpected stuff, uh, welcome to the last two weeks of Giants baseball this season. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. I, uh, I, okay, story time. So Brian Murphy, uh, who runs a competing podcast, and we will crush, uh, but he, uh, he writes for not Brian Murphy of KNBR, Brian Murphy of McCovey Chronicles. Uh, back when I was writing for McCovey Chronicles, uh, he would contribute, and, and I would just let him, he would show up with an article, and I'd say, great, I'd run it, like, like, no problem. So he files this article, and the title is, Should We Even... Boy, I'm going to... Should we root for the Giants to make the postseason? This is 2014. And his point was, they're just going to embarrass themselves. They're a bunch of morons. They're going to embarrass themselves. They're a bad team that doesn't deserve to be in the postseason. And we should just save the heartache now. And I just... I sat on it, and I sat on it, and I said, I can't publish this as is. So I wrote like a... um, a, a counterpoint where I come in and I say, you, you know, Jane, you ignorant slut. You know, like the that's a Sunday Night Live reference to all the years. Yes, 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 yes. How I just weirded out. But no, uh, so I went in and I, I wrote a response like, are you kidding me? This would be the funniest championship of all time. They control the world. They, they, they could beat the trolls of baseball if they somehow made it to the World Series and won. And that's exactly what they did with one pitcher who just happened to pitch every day or something. Um, so I think of that, but also no, this Giants team can't win, and it's it does have that feeling of can they make it? They're two games back. Can they can they thrive? Can they excel? Can they? Uh, and what are we really? Uh, okay, is this team really going to beat the Braves, the Dodgers, uh, like the Brewers? Like I don't even know if they can beat the Brewers. Uh, but baseball's funny, and so you root for the weirdness. You root for them to troll the world, and boy, this would be a an even trollier situation uh, for the than the 2014 Giants because they'd be probably coming in as the third wild card, which shouldn't exist. Uh, that would be extra funny. I, I, I'm for it. I'm for it as a, as a writer. You know, if you're looking for hope, if you're looking for reasons why uh, to, to honestly try to convince someone that the Giants could uh, beat multiple postseason teams, their record against teams that are 500 or better is 39-40, and 40, which basically means every game they play has been a coin flip against mm-hmm. Teams that are 500 or better, and pretty much every team that's 500 or better is getting in the postseason these days, uh, with you know maybe an exception or two. Um, the only teams that have winning records against clubs with winning records are the Braves, Orioles, Dodgers, Rays, and Brewers, and that's it. So they're they have the eighth best record the Giants do against teams with winning records, and 
you know, <laughs> maybe they just they, they raise their level of play. I mean, they, they've beaten the Dodgers, what, four out of six thus far this mm-hmm. year? So, I mean, it's not impossible. We know that Logan Webb can match up against anybody. We also know that the Giants have a losing record in his starts this season. Uh, and that's, <laughs> I mean, it, 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 you know, if they miss the playoffs by a game or two games, I, and everyone's going to go back in the schedule, and they're going to pick a different game. Oh, if they'd only beaten the Nationals, you know, more than once. Oh, if they've only, you know, that that makeup game against the Tigers, the only one. That, nope. My analysis is going to stop at have a winning record in frickin' Logan Webb starts. <laughs> if, we, if you if you just win a couple more of his starts, where he gave you ample opportunity to win the game, uh, then you're a playoff team. And I think that uh, no matter where the Giants finish, I think you'll be able to say that at the end of the year. So. Um, yeah, so that they just have to be a playoff team, so they don't uh, have to wallow in that, I suppose. We should be 100% talking about Logan Webb's chances for the Cy Young. That's the kind of year he's having when it comes to uh, the innings he's pitched. He leads the Major League Baseball in innings pitched. Uh, I saw some analysis uh, where it's talking about how the difference between him and Spencer Strider is that he has like uh, an extra two shutouts almost worth of innings. Um, I can't remember exactly the numbers there, but the innings count. Uh, You've got, when you're talking Blake Snell, he has to leave and other pitchers come in who aren't Blake Snell. That counts. You know, that's almost like you should slap those runs onto his ERA. So we should be talking about Logan Webb as a Cy Young candidate, and and we're not because the Giants can't win when he pitches. It's, It's bizarre, but... To your point, uh, the Giants against good teams, I will say this. The Braves are where they are because they hit home runs. All of the home runs. They've got, what, 720 home run hitters. Uh, The Giants, one thing they do well is prevent home runs. Uh, third Third best home run allowed rate in baseball. Maybe that is a matchup. Maybe if you take that one superpower away from the Braves, they've got other ways to beat you. They've got the pitching. They've got some speed and athleticism. They've got uh, just a lineup to die for. But maybe if they take that one thing away, that is just enough of an opening to sneak by. The Dodgers, I I won't even, you know, like you said, they beat the Dodgers 4 out of 6. Giants-Dodgers in the NLCS, I don't care if the Giants are losing 100 games and the, and the Dodgers are winning 110. You put those two teams in a, in a best-of-seven situation or best-of-five situation, um, there's potential for goofiness just because that's the way interdivision rivals are. So um, maybe, you know, I guess maybe, but you got to get past the Marlins and the Cubs and the, you know, you got to get past these teams first. Yeah, I, I feel that way about college football rivalries too. It's almost like, uh, you know, the, the point spread could be 17 and a half, but when Michigan plays Michigan State, it just doesn't matter. You know, <laughs> I mean, exactly. it, it's it's almost like it's things are going to even out because everyone who's on the underdog side is going to be at their most laser focused. Um you know, it's it's funny. Um, you mentioned the Cy Young, uh, Mike Petriello of MLB.com, who I I love. I he's such a good uh, analyst and, and has such a good way of, of writing kind of explanatory pieces that I a skill I wish I had. I tried to do the tiebreaker scenarios and I felt like I was just confusing people. Um, but anyway, he wrote something about the Cy Young, the NL Cy Young, and he broke it down not by looking at the candidates just in comparing them, but really. Uh, breaking down what elements of voters will care about. So is it not allowing earned runs? Is it not allowing runs, period? Is it um, innings, innings pitched? Or are you just looking for, like, just total dominance? And then you'd, you'd go for Strider and his strikeout rate. 
um, or uh, you know the fact that Snell is leading the the major leagues in walks. And he made that that same point that you did, uh, which is if you ask uh, Snell to pitch the same number of innings as Logan Webb. How bad would he be in those extra thirty-something innings? Uh, probably pretty bad. Um, so you know, then, then you, how would you stack up that performance or, or potential performance against what Webb has done? Um, you know, or, or do you look at FIP? Do you look at, at WAR? Uh, which WAR do you use? So um, I think you can make a case for for Logan Webb because um, he has provided uh, you know the the most value in terms of WAR. I think that he's. Uh, uh, if you look at baseball prospectus's warp, he's even number one. Uh, and if you look at uh, um, baseball reference war, then Snell and Webb are, are one, two. Uh, so I, I really do think that Webb is going to be on a lot of ballots for the first time, which is uh, a, a great uh, uh, thing for him. Um, obviously, he, he was a deserving all-star, did not make it. I think uh, he wasn't added as an extra guy because he was pitching on the Sunday before the all-star break. So he's probably maybe one of the best pitchers in, in baseball who's not made an all-star team. Uh, so even if he, he's a down-ballot down guy, if he's able to get on ballots and be, you know, finish third or fourth or something, I mean, that, that would be quite an accomplishment too, because that's not something that Madison Bumgarner even achieved really. Um, so yeah, it would be, uh, I, I think that he should get a lot of uh, attention from voters and I don't know if he's going to finish first, but um, it is a, a fascinating uh, Cy Young race. And I think that that Webb uh, belongs in it. All right. Full disclosure time. That is the article I was referencing. I stopped. I stopped. Refer- I, I didn't want to butcher Mike Petriello's name, which is the only reason <laughs> I didn't mention it, because it's a name that I, I read every day. I, mean, I see it comes across my Twitter feed, but I haven't said it out loud, I don't think. And so I was yeah. like, do I have the eye in the right place? Oh, God. Uh, I'm just going to say it was an article I read. Uh, but no, Mike Petriello is uh, just fantastic. It's Mikey that, P. Good old Mikey P. Hey, Mikey P, baby. Uh, yeah, Mikey P wrote a great article. And, and that really did put, because you look at the innings, right? You look at the innings gap between Webb and some of the other Cy Young candidates. And it's hard to put that into context. It's hard to really understand why that's important. And that's a great point is that what if he had asked these guys to pitch like Logan Webb? Would they have been as effective? Would their stats be shiny? No. And Logan Webb has had at least two, three, four games where he's been in and had to give up a couple of extra runs uh, because it's the seventh inning or the eighth inning or against the Rangers, the ninth inning. Um, That's something that other pitchers aren't being asked to do. So listen, he's wildly valuable, but I think the larger part is that the Giants lose when he pitches, and that is annoying. You know, there's one other thing that is sort of baked into all of this Cy Young talk that we haven't mentioned. Mm. A reliever has no chance to win a Cy Young ever again. Ever, because there, we look too much at war. We look too much at um, different ways that we value pitchers, and I just don't know how a relief pitcher could ever generate the kind of value that a starter does in ways that we um, and voters look at it now. Which, which to me, uh, Jason Stark tried to do this way back when. He made the point at a BBWA meeting that Mariano Rivera has never won one of our awards, and that is sort of seems weird for a guy who was the first unanimous Hall of Famer. Um, and so we need to have a reliever of the year award. And, yeah. and, and I think that the problem was there weren't enough voters and, and we, 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 this was before MLB.com joined our ranks. And so he was kind of shouted down. No, he was right. 
I mean, relievers are a big percentage of players in Major League Baseball, and there is no chance that they can win one of our BBWA awards. We need to have a reliever of the year. I, I really do believe that. And in fact, I'm going to bring it up at the winter meetings. I'm going to be the reincarnate of Jason Stark. Maybe I'll even uh, have him like stand next to me and like you know bring some gravitas. Uh, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll try to get some genius through osmosis from him. But I'm going to bring it up. I think there should be a, a reliever of the year award in each league. I think this is a Rollades erasure, is what I think. Yes, so you're right. Rollades, the, was it the Rollades Fireman of the Year? You know, that was back in like the uh, mid '80s yeah. when everything had an award. I, I didn't even realize this until I did a story about uh, in that Nemesis series I did during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And one of the Nemeses was Bob Boone, was the one catcher who could throw Ricky Henderson out. Um, <laughs> and 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 I looked it up, and he won. There was a like a papermate uh, uh, eraser award for the catcher with the best caught stealing percentage, sponsored by no, I know I think it was sponsored by Bic, whichever company made the first erasable pen, which so you know was they sold a lot of them for ten minutes and then you realize that your whole like part of your palm like ended up getting smudged uh, when you would write uh, with this erase erasable pen, so you know. But for about five minutes there, they were they were all the rage, and uh, they, yeah, they they sponsored the the award for the catcher with the best caught stealing percentage. Are you a uh, left-hander when you write? I am. No, I'm right-handed when You're I write. Right-handed. Okay, yeah. so I'm left-handed when I write. Uh, it's the only thing I'm left-handed, and so you can imagine how great my penmanship is. But I, I write left-handed, and those erasable pens absolute bane of my existence mm. they were a thing because your whole left hand would just go across the page and then you'd look back and sometimes you'd grab a pen and it didn't have a cap and you wouldn't know it's erasable uh those things sucked those things <laughs> sucked also However, mechanical pencils I, how many mechanical pencils do i have where you start writing and then the the little graphite thing slips in and you can't get it to like stay or then it snaps off snaps. I, yeah. i'm just i never yeah i, I never like those uh, last thing before we go, uh, when you write, does your hand cramp up after like two sentences now, or are you still are you still doing your your notes, and so you still have good good muscles in your hand? Um, that's a good question. I would say that my penmanship is so bad. Uh, <laughs> if you actually looked at my like notes that I take, because um, now we have you know Otter, we have transcription AI, and you know we have all kinds of. It's easy to just record something and not write anything down, but. Um, yeah, when you look at my shorthand, it is it, it looks like it's like in an alien script. It's like <laughs> I'm the only person that can decipher it. And even for me, I can only decipher it for like maybe two days. And then it like slips off and I don't have the, the memory to put with, with everything else. So yeah, no, my penmanship is terrible. But I just, when I write a shopping list now, my hand cramps up because it's like, oh, two words. I've, you know, I just, I've atrophied. It's it's all computers and phones. All right, this isn't giant stuff. We will be back uh, next week. We're going to be back talking about the Giants and what they did over the past week. Uh, Maybe they got hot. Maybe they made you break the remote that you broke when Camilo Duvall dropped that ball yesterday. Uh, Who knows? Uh, It's a world of possibilities. Uh, We will be back next week. Thanks for listening. We'll see you then.